You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. Another disappointing loss for the Seahawks. They lose 13 to 10. 13 to 10. Didn't put up enough points to get things going. Started off hot. DK Metcalf on the second drive of the game. 84-yard touchdown. You think this offense is going to get going. Then it just was a defensive battle. The Seahawks could not get out of their own way. Timely penalties. Uh, one for three when it comes to the field goal game. Three for 12 on third downs. Had a chance to win the game late for the third game in a row. Geno Smith not able to get it done. Takes two sacks late in the game. Alvin Kamara seemed to really get things done in the past game in the flats in the middle of the field. We knew coming into this game it was going to be tough to guard this man. Jameis Winston does just enough to sneak by. This has become a familiar type story for these Hawks as of late. Their third straight home loss, their third straight primetime loss, something we're not used to going into this game. These guys were 27 and 10 on primetime. Things got to change soon. We will see what these guys get into. We will hear from Pete Carroll. Also, Steve Rabel will go to the locker room with Jim Mueller and hear from athletes as they step up to the podium all that is next right here on the seahawks radio network unfortunately a familiar feeling leaving lumen field right now as i watch these fans walk away with their heads down the hawks fall to two and five losing to the saints 13 to 10 and now we're going to talk to the voice of the seahawks steve rabel rabel just seemed like they couldn't get things going one big play in the first half and you start to believe that maybe things are starting to change then you exchange punts and alvin kamara just gets loose on this offense, Jameis Winston does just enough. Um, what are your thoughts on this game overall? And um, where do we go from here? How do we get better? Well, I mean, you, you can you can start with getting better. You can start with not making those kinds of mistakes that that you know give the field goal kicker for uh, for the Saints Johnson give him a, a much easier chip shot kind of field goal to take the lead on a, an encroachment play on a fourth down and five. You know, Al Woods is, as I mentioned it during the broadcast, is about as focused and hardworking and good a team player as you got. He's a hustler the entire time out there, and he makes one mistake tonight. The problem is it wasn't the only thing, but it was one of several things that cost the Seahawks. The other thing you can do is make a field goal. We missed two field goals tonight. That's six points. We lost by three points. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that you can't do when you're struggling a little bit and when you have your backup quarterback in there, because Geno missed some plays tonight. He missed some throws. He got, I don't know, I think he saw the rush a little bit too much and started to scramble at times when he didn't need to. When he stands strong and fires that ball, he was right on the money. So, you know, there are a lot of things to look at. The defense gives up 13 points. You need to win that game. Speaking of Geno, uh, 13 of 22, 167 yards, one touchdown. I mean, that's pretty much what we should expect out of Geno. Late in the game, he's asked to try to win this football game again. I think people are starting to really appreciate Russell Wilson. I know the team started off rough with Russell under center, but it's pretty evident how special he is. No knocks on Geno, but you feel like Russell can probably pull one or two of these wins out. Well, and the other thing that Russell does being in the football game is he loosens the defense up for everybody else. I mean, we didn't rush for many yards tonight. Collins only had 35 yards on the ground. 
you've got to run the football. And what that does is open things up for Russ. And with his running ability, uh, he can make some of those plays work for you. The play action passes then come more easily. Guys can get open. So there's just lots of things that can happen when people, uh, defenses, have to respect uh, the the different things that your quarterback can do the variety of talents that he has and that's russell wilson and again i'm saying nothing bad about geno smith he's he's done a yeoman's job i know he'd like to have a couple of those throws back that he missed guys who were open but again you have to be able to run the football that starts up front the running backs didn't have a lot of room to run tonight i mean they kept trying to find spots to kind of find a crease there just wasn't a lot there and at times they were you know getting hit in the backfield that's got to be fixed. you got to do better than that up front. Rabel, three for 12 on third down. That's what the Hawks were. Why do they struggle so much on third down? Well, they ended up in third and long a bunch of times. You know, I, I applaud the fact that, that they came out and Shane Walden really stuck with that run for a long time. I mean, he, you know, early in the game, they were running three, four, five times a series. But they, you know, got themselves in a couple of predicaments. They lost yardage. They have a penalty. And you keep getting yourself in third and long situations. Or even if it was third and medium and Gino hits his back foot and there's a defender in his face. I mean, we, we haven't yet picked up their blitzing safety. That can, He came off the corner a couple of times. And if he didn't hit Gino, he moved him off his mark. But you got to have, if you don't have enough guys to pick him up, then you have to have a hot route. So the quarterback sees him coming, get rid of the ball right now. But we didn't seem to be able to accomplish that tonight. So, and I don't know enough about exactly what the what the blocking scheme was or what they had called offensively. But I'm just saying, you have to be able to account for those things. And guys running free in your backfield, hitting your quarterback, is not by design. That doesn't happen by the design of your offensive coordinator. Nope, not good at all. As usual, Rabel, be safe. Get home safely. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, guys. All right, when we return, we will hear from Pete Carroll. We'll get interviews from Jim Mueller in the locker room. Players will step up to the podium. Seahawks fall to 2-5, and five, losing to the Saints 13-10. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I am Michael Bumpus along with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. Seahawks fall to the Saints 13-10. to 10. That is three straight losses at home, three straight losses on primetime television. And there are some signature moments in this play where you felt like, okay, these guys are going to get ahead, and there's a penalty. Oh, they're going to get ahead. They're going to tie the game. They missed a field goal. They couldn't really get things going after that big play from DK Metcalf. What'd you see out of this offense, Turbo? And what'd you see out of this defense? Were there any moments that stood out to you that kind of really shifted momentum or the, the feel of this game? I, I'm going to fast forward to the fourth quarter, really. I mean, because that's when our offense really started to find their groove again in that second half, started to make some big plays down the field. You saw the one he mentioned, the one by DK, but also the one by... Freddie Swain coming across the middle, getting some big yardage on that. And we didn't run the, the ball particularly well. You know, we heard uh, uh, Ray will talk about that, but we ran the ball enough to be effective, to be for our play actions to, to be effective for us. Um, we just didn't make enough plays. Um, but, you know, offensively, that's what I saw in the fourth quarter. And defensively, I mean, they get all the credit. Holding this team to 13 points after everything that has transpired in this football game, the penalties, the missed field goals, uh, you know, bad uh, field position. Uh, they were able to overcome a lot of those obstacles defensively and hold the Saints either field goals or, or, or really nothing at all on those drives. So, you know, I commend the defense a lot for the way that they played. Only held the Saints really to, 
you know, 304 yards. Uh, they kept Alvin Kamara in the running game pretty bottled up. Um, and so, you know, I credit the defense a lot for the way that they played. Alvin Kamara was bottled up in the run game, 20 carries, 51 yards. But Paul Moyer, he was effective in the pass game. Ten receptions, 128 yards, one touchdown. How was he able to continue to get loose on his defense? Well, he was really effective the first half. Second half, we doubled him. Uh, they were doing kind of an in-and-out coverage between Wagner and, and Jordan Brooks quite a bit. So we, we definitely held him in the second half. But... You know, this is a game, when you're a struggling football team, which the Seahawks were coming into this game, you, you got to play perfect. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk on the refs. I mean, they're, they're, to me, there's a couple brutal calls. The one on the, the, the P.I. On, on, on D.J. Reed, that one, again, the third down and eight, it's a slant. We're off the field. They extends their drive. They end up scoring. I'm not going to say that the, the refs, reason why we lost the game. We do need to have better awareness we're talking about the marquise blair play where we got again a sack with five minutes left you know in this game it's so difficult now you can't hit a quarter you can't even hit him can't even pretend to hit him so you got to go in now and just try and strip the football don't don't even get in the way of having them be able to throw a yellow flag i hate the call i hate that that there's these subjective things to me it should be there's no question about that call with five minutes left in a tie game there should be no question about it but, again, when you're a struggling football team, those things happen. And there's a bunch of them. You know, we, we take three sacks inside our 30. We're on the 30-yard line in field goal range. We take three sacks. Some of them, they were quick. Again, you just got to have that, I have to get rid of the ball. I cannot take a sack. Maybe we run it in that situation. There's a, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, you know, the fourth and five, we're, we're all sides. I'd like to see the rookie kick a 42-yard field goal. Um, the game should have, we, you know, the game's there for the taking. Yeah. But when you're a struggling football team, you got to play perfect. You got to make plays. And, and we just didn't. It's really disappointing because, you know, you got a chance. We got Pete coming to the, the podium right now. Well, we've come in here a number of times here and uh, really had uh, very similar results in that we're we're not getting the game when we have a chance to get the football game that's out there for us. And uh, it's really difficult because we're so close to, to winning games and, and uh, we haven't been able to do it at home for sure, which uh, is a real shock to me. I'm shocked that we're not able to do that. And, and uh, But we, we're we still trying to get these games finished properly. And, um, you know, that means you don't make the mistakes that give them a chance. You know, you kick the ball, you don't make the penalty, and, uh, you know, you don't, you know, you don't eat the football for losses when, you know, when you're in the right positions and stuff. So there's things that we can really fix. And we're just in, it's a it may not look like it from the outside, but from the inside, it feels like it's really close. And um, so we're going to keep hanging and keep battling. Um, so really good play by our defense tonight throughout the night. And then we have this this sequence that before the half that we just it was there's a shame. There's a shame that we gave them that it didn't have to happen. And there was a couple things we needed to do and didn't get done. Um, I mean, you, everybody could see it, you know, cover the, the running back. And uh, fortunately, um, you know, our guys are hanging together and they're, they're, they're talking right and they're, they're, they're looking at each other in the eye and they're, 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 they want to keep battling and make this thing come together. And uh, that's what we're going to keep doing. What did you tell your team after the game? Say it again, What did you tell your team in the locker room just now after the game? Um, I told them some stuff that uh, it really pertained to kind of how we've been talking about. We got to get her, you know, we got to get her finished together, and we got to do the right things at the end of the game. Kind of like I'm saying to you, um, 
it's 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 there's no this isn't rocket science you know you got to finish the game right and do right at, at the end and uh, that's how you become a good finishing club and we're not we're not right now so we have to it's really clear you know there's a lot of things you can do so you don't put yourself in those close games and those close finishes um, as well but when you get there you got you got to do the right stuff and and um, we haven't been able to function the way we need to well, that's what we talked about. Yeah, we talked about hanging together and staying, staying connected, and making sure that everybody's on, you know, on the same page, and, and uh, you know, do this together the right way. You guys got that great start with the touchdown early. Were you surprised it was that tough to go on the rest of the way offensively? Well, they're really good, and and uh, um, they made it hard on us. We didn't run the ball as well as we wanted to. We stayed after it, and kept trying, you know, and, and working it. Um, and I was hoping that we would pick it up more so in the second half. You know, I think we rushed for 90 yards or something like that. These guys allow 70 yards a game rushing, 78 yards a game. They're, they're really good at it. But um, we needed to stay with it, and we did. Um, but not as effective as we needed to be. I wish we would have gotten more done off of the run. You know, uh, we, we weren't able to do that. You know, the play passes and the, and the movement stuff. But um, go. what else? You mentioned eating the football for losses. Giannis is a veteran quarterback. What do you do you attribute that to just not being in there often, or what was? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and that's just not being comfortable with the situation. We we reminded him, you know, it was the time we were we were on the 23 yard line or something like that, you know, when and with you know in great shape, and we take a a big loss, we just got to find a way to get the ball out and get get it gone when we're in trouble. It's easy to say, you know, go play quarterback and try to figure it out. I love Gino, and he's busting his ass to do everything he can to help us. And, and uh, but that's the kind of decisions that you make to keep you in the games and give you a chance to win. How frustrated are you that some of the same mistakes at the end of the game that have hurt this defense yeah, this year? It's really frustrating. Again? Really frustrating that we're we're not cleaning it up. Um, you know the uh, you know <laughs> we had a great sequence at the end of the game. You know we we sacked the guy to give the ball back to the offense, and then but. You know, we hit them late, and uh, and so that's you know I haven't seen the play yet, so I don't know what it looks like, but um, that's the play that you don't you don't do. You, you know, you, you make the proper decision to not not put yourself in that situation. We get off the field, everybody's going crazy, and they're kicking the ball to the 35 or something instead of you know getting a whole new start that would look like a 25 yard penalty. You know, when when they when they march the thing off, and uh, so you have to make those choices, and the guys have to be clear thinking and and not put. You know, put us in harm's way. Um, Gerald had his, you know, his taunting thing over there. That um, we can't. This is the new game. You know, this is you can't do anything uh, that aimed at another player. And, and I, I didn't see that one either. But I was told, you know, what happened. And, and uh, you know, we, that kind of stuff is going to lose games for you. And uh, it, you know, they add up. Going back to that uh, sequence at the end of the first half, what happened on Kamara's touchdown? It looked like there was nobody within several yards. Yeah. Um, the, the whole sequence, we just were out of whack with with covering him, and uh, there was there was five different calls, and there are different things that happened. We were on a couple of them. We had him manned up. We had some, uh, and we needed to get it done one way or the other. And we tried, 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 and we 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 didn't get it done, you know. And and uh, the second half, the guys made the adjustment, and everything was fine, and we we were sharp at it, and it you know wasn't the same thing anymore. But just in that sequence, we couldn't stop it before they got to the you know to the end zone, and uh, with the calls that we made. Jason's misses, did it weather-related or just off? No, I think he just missed him. You know, didn't hit, the flight wasn't the same on him. You know, he just didn't hit it quite right. This is the classic. He's a great kicker. You know, we love what he does. He's won games. Look what he did last week. And uh, and he, he's going to win games down the stretch here. And, and 
it's just unfortunate. I mean, he took it really hard, and you know, and he, he knows. The 53-yard try in the fourth quarter, where he's kicking into the open end of the stadium. How much consideration was punting there? Yeah, there was some, but we we felt like we, you know, he kicked the ball far enough, and uh, guys felt like he had a shot. He wanted to go for it. You know, had a good attitude about it. And you know it was it was a tough kick for sure. And the night was not as difficult as we thought. This this cyclone bomb or whatever the heck. I mean, it, it didn't go off. You know, it was it, it didn't happen. But uh, I don't think it was that big of a factor. Did the officials give you did the officials give you an explanation on Blair's penalty on the sack? Whether it was a helmet hit or just late? Or did I didn't get any any uh, explanation on that one. What did you see at a? You guys saw it better than I did. You, you know more than I do. Sorry. What did you see at a DK tonight? Would you have liked to? Have? You know, more involved after the touchdown? Yeah, we, yes. You know, he, that was an exquisite play. Um, it's a great throw from Gino. Everything about it was perfect. Um, and, you know, that, that sent a little shockwave to them, too. And they, they kept going over the top of them a lot and tried to do everything they could to keep them from getting the football. The decision to rotate the corners at left corner, you just wanted to kind of let the competition play out yep. there? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I have nothing to tell you. I thought those guys played well, really well. And there was, they got challenged a few times down the field, and, and all in all, uh, you know, the defense did a really nice job tonight. They did a really good job in so many ways. And then we had one situation that really screwed up. And they had, the, I think, they had a 20-play drive. And, you know, they got some fourth fourth down conversions. I think we were two out of 15 or something on third down. You know, we have made a big jump, and we've turned that, we've turned a corner on on a lot of areas on our defense. I think the defense is playing. Uh, you go back three, four weeks, we're, we've turned it, and so um, we can expect those guys to continue to play really well and be a factor and make you know 13 points against this, you know any NFL team is remarkable, and uh, so I'm, I'm counting on those guys to keep improving. On that drive, Jordan Excuse Brooks. Me. On that drive, Jordan Brooks had that great pass defend where yeah. he jumped up in the air to do that, and then the um, when he recovers the fumble, just his play tonight. Yeah, I I, I don't have enough. On to give him credit on, on all other than the big plays you're talking about, but he continues to play really well. The, the running game was really in hand. I, I don't think I don't think uh, Alvin you know had was over three yards of rush. You know, um, it's a big night to slow him down. He was a great player. Was he under three? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a. That's a fantastic job. I mean, that's four quarters of football against one of the best players in the NFL. And uh, obviously, we saw the talent in the passing game. We didn't do well there. He, he got us. You had to lean on the running game a lot. Um, could you tell what broke down in the offensive line? No, um, I, I, there's nothing to tell you except for these guys are really good and they're really hard to move and they're, they're really disciplined about it and we just had to fight it out. And our guys just kept battling and clawing and scratching with it. Um, I thought we did a nice job to get some other runs other than just the downhill runs uh, to complement what we did. Um, but I, I need to look at the film to tell you more. Because he's had such a great track record of being clutch, how much of the finishing issues is just simply not having Russell? Well, the... Uh, if, if um, <laughs> let's say it this way, if I, I've been here a long time, and uh, if we didn't have Russell, I probably wouldn't have been here a long time. Because <laughs> all the, think of all the magic that he's created in, in the years. He's got numbers and stats in fourth quarter, this is the Nats and all that stuff. You know, one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And uh, and it'll be really fun when he comes back and plays football again for us this year. And, and uh, you know. We owe a tremendous amount. You can see how hard it is. You know, I mean, all of these games, they all, the Rams game, the, the what was the next one? The um, Steelers. Yeah, Steelers and this one. I mean, you know, Russell's a factor. <laughs> He's a fantastic positive factor and always has been. And, I mean, those are exactly his time. That, that's his time. And that's when he shines. And, and um, so, you know, 
we miss them. And in the meantime, we're going to keep fighting and clawing and doing everything we can. On the defensive improvements, was there any one thing? Was it just the players focusing and getting better? No, line of scrimmage has just continued to get better. Everybody's really comfortable with, with what we're trying to get done. Um, the corners are playing much more consistently. Um, Kenny has adjusted some stuff that we're doing um, to help them, and they've really taken taken off of it. Um, and, and, you know, we've had good fortune to have most of the guys out there. We didn't have Daryl tonight. You know, that would have been nice to have him. But um, they, they've just they've just turned the corner. You've just seen it before. You, you've already seen this story. L look at the third downs, guys. The third downs in the last month. Okay, it's a month of third downs. It was two conversions in 10, two conversions in 15, uh, or something like that, and then five and 15, and then two and whatever it was tonight. You know, that's a fantastic play. Nobody's playing better than that. Nobody's doing better than that. And uh, so that's going to give us a chance, and we're going to have a chance to have a you know a great, a great surge in the second half of this season. And really, the second half starts Wednesday. Did Daryl have like a setback pregame or something like that? No, he didn't have a setback. He just didn't turn the corner, and, and uh, you know he was so it was, it was such a positive kind of return, and that you know, with all the good news and all that he wasn't hurt seriously, but his neck still was sore, and it, it just didn't didn't go away and so it was he had, he had a real stiff neck that he couldn't he couldn't shake yet so um he's really frustrated by it because he feels pretty darn good but he, he just didn't have his mobility and it wasn't he couldn't play it so of marquise blair um he, he got hurt um marquise got hurt he uh, he hurt his patellar tendon i'm not going to be specific about it but that's check that he hurt his patellar uh and the patellar got there's there's something we got to do there and i'm not sure exactly what it is but um it's a Significant injury. Is Tyler okay? Yes, as far as I know, I haven't seen. Him. He's not on any of the report I have. Um, Brandon Shell just kind of reaggravated his ankle real late there. Other than that, we don't have anything else. On the Woods offside, you didn't have a field goal block on or anything, did you? That field goal because the offside on fourth and five. Yeah, we had a big time field goal block on. We all, yeah, we do. We and we t yes, and we take great pride in, in in rushing that with that group. And, and I don't know, you know what happened. You know, Al's great in the disciplined football as disciplined football players we have. And I, I don't know what happened on that. I haven't talked to him about it. Uh, did Damian try to warm up and play pregame? He couldn't get. Yeah, he couldn't get back. He, no, he did not. He did not work out in pregame. He, he wasn't ready to do that. Uh, what, you released the subject fluid. What was happening? Um, we had to make a spot and uh, for. Uh, for Rashad to come up. Do you have any more word on when Russell might come back? No. No, I don't know. Um, I can't help you on it. I, I just know he's going to, whatever he's going to do, it's better than anybody could ever do it, and, and he'll get that done. Thank you. Okay. All right, that was Russell Wilson obviously missing. Sorry, that was Pete Carroll obviously missing Russell Wilson. Um, the Hawks not getting it done in the fourth quarter. You know, Pete Carroll says you can only win it in the fourth quarter. When we return, uh, we'll hear from more players and we'll get reaction from these guys from the Pete Carroll interview. That's next on the Seahawks radio network. Seahawks fall to the Saints 13 to 10, had a chance to win the game late. Took a couple of sacks, but let's go to Jordan Brooks. He's standing at the podium now. Hey Jordan, can you give us a sense of, as to what that locker room's like after that game? Um, obviously, you know, guys are disappointed. But nobody's pointing the finger. You know, we're sticking together. Um, we're not giving up on ourselves. You know, people outside these walls may be pointing the finger and maybe giving up on us, but we're going to stick together and we're going to figure it out. What's it going to take to do that? Just locking in. 
just keep locking in, keep doing what we're doing. You know, I thought that we played well tonight, and uh, it was just a, a play here and there. So we got to obviously go back, watch the film, evaluate ourselves. Each man's got to hold themselves accountable and see what they could have done better and, um, and get it fixed. He talked about this defense kind of turning the corner over the last few weeks. Just what, what have you seen you guys yourselves do better on that side of the ball? Uh, I thought we've been playing better these last two weeks, um, and that's just guys communicating uh, early on during the, during the year. Um, we were just having communication problems, and it led to this play, to that play, and I think guys are talking better, and um, the chemistry is growing on that side, and so we're going to continue to do what we do and, um, and get a win here soon. The Saints long drive in the second quarter, um, you had that pass break up in the end zone. What did you see on that play? Um, I was pretty much playing the hooks. Uh, they had a guy crossing, and um, and I felt somebody come behind me, and I just read James' eyes and, and, and got up there and got a, got a tip. That play and the fumble recovery in a game like this, 10, 13 points, do you think those were enough to win the game, those plays, and, and then you felt the tide turn there? Uh, yeah, I thought we did enough defensively to win, offensively as well. It's just, like I said, just a couple plays here and there that both sides need to clean up, all sides, all phases uh, need to clean up and uh, we win the game easily. Pete emphasized <clears throat> finishing and apparently that was a big point of emphasis in the locker room too. How much of an issue do you think that's just the inability to close it out the close ones? Say that one more time, sorry. Just the inability to close out the close ones, how big of an issue is that? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the, the, the problem, you know, the last couple of weeks, just not finishing and so, like I said, it's nothing major that's happening. It's it's just about finishing. You know, we preach do right longer. You know, to the end of the game, and so that's what we got to do as a collective group, and um, and that's what will will make the difference. You've only been here a couple of years. How different though is it without Russell Wilson? At the end of games, you could look up and say, "Our guys taking the field for the end of the game. We got this." How different is that? It's different. You know, it, obviously, you know, Russ is. You know, my opinion, the best. You know, and so it's it's it's, it's going to be different. But we're rallying around Gino and um and and, and running the ball and uh, and making our plays when we can. So, you know, right now Russ is down and it's next man up mentality. <clears throat> Anything else? Good Thank all right, that was Jordan Brooks, had four tackles and a big pass defending on third and goal. We're going to react to that, but before we do, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seattle Seahawks Station, Cairo, Cairo Radio, the conversation, breaking news direct from the sidelines, and where the 12s hear the Seahawks, KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Okay, let's bring the guys into this conversation. Ray, haven't gotten to you yet. There was one thing that stood out to me in the pregame. We all were on the same page. Look, these guys got to run the football. They got to be stubborn about it. They ran the ball 28 times, threw the ball 22 times. You can be stubborn, but that don't mean it's going to work, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But you know what? I I still think that uh, they did right Mm -hmm. by running the ball. Uh, I think the thing that just didn't help, uh, there wasn't complimentary football on the passing side. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't completions that were able to keep drives alive so that you can then line up and run it again. Uh, even Pete said that there were some of their play action passes that they just missed on whether uh, they got pressure or the, 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 the receivers weren't coming open. I know at halftime you were saying that there wasn't a whole lot of space between the DBs and the, and the receivers and things like that. So it was, uh, I don't fault them for running the ball. And I know that everyone is going to jump on this whole Pete Carroll run, run, throw thing it wasn't that either uh but uh but i do think that 
there was a chance for them to be better. Let me hop in there. We got Bobby Wagner stepping up to the podium. Bobby, what, what message do you have for the younger players that maybe have never gone through this? Uh, that we got to keep fighting, that it's um, a long season. We got a lot more games left. And, uh, you know, we got to get right. We got to, you know, really fix our mistakes and fix our, um, you know, play smarter, make less penalties. Uh, that's pretty much the message. How do you think that message to where then people aren't going to try too hard and then they stay disciplined in what they're supposed to do and there's a trust in the system? Is there a way to deliver that message? Um, I don't think it's going to be a, um, you know, try too hard type of thing. I think it's more of a, you know, we're, we're executing, we're making plays. We're just having costly mistakes or costly penalties in the wrong moments. So it's being more conscious in those moments to make sure that it's, it's important to be on point. You guys bottled up the game, but second quarter had a bunch of big plays as a receiver. What did you see that went wrong there? During those that sequence, um, you know, he just made some good plays. Um, I, I didn't see all of them because my I was guarding somebody else, but um, you know, it seemed like he just got inside of us. And um, with a guy like that, you can't let him get inside of you. So, um, you know, they made some some good plays, made some good calls, and he executed. You were in on the on the play where they called Marquise for the penalty there on the sack. What, what, what did you see there? I didn't see anything. I was trying to um, wrap up his legs, and, and um, you know, when I got up, they uh, we had a couple guys saying that they hit him in the chest, um, and, you know, ref said he hit him in the head, so I wasn't too sure. So you guys probably had a better look from a camera perspective than I did. How do you personally feel right now? Uh, I mean, it sucks. It's not a, not a great feeling. Um, you know, it's not a... Uh, position that we thought we were going to be in, and you know, it's just back to the drawing board for me. What is this defense doing better the last few weeks than maybe earlier in the season? Uh, I think we're making plays. We're keeping people, um, you know, stopping guys from some scoring touchdowns. Um, we had some big red zone stops down there um, for a team that um, you know knows how to get into the red zone. So I think that's definitely something. I think we improved our our third down numbers. Um, so we've had some improvement. We just got to, uh, you know, make some plays, make some turnovers, things of that nature. You've been with Russ uh, your entire career. Is what's happened the last three weeks, three games, uh, just a reminder of how big of a difference he makes at the end of games? Um, yeah, I mean, he's a special, you know, special guy. You know, whenever you get give him the ball back with, you know, some time left on the clock, you know something something's going to happen. And so... Um, for me, I don't need to be reminded. I know uh, what he's capable of doing, um, but I also know that Geno's capable of executing, and um, I have faith in him. What do, what do you see from the guys behind the scenes in the locker room that gives you optimism that this can turn um, From a defense perspective, I think you know we're making um, some steps in the right direction. Um, I think the biggest thing now is just we have to create turnovers and. And you know, help the offense get in a uh, better field position. Um, but like I said, I, I believe in these guys. I'm confident in these guys. I feel like um, you know this game could have went either way. You know, at, uh, take away some mistakes that we had. But um, it, it's, it's enough words. We gotta start uh, applying more action. Bobby, uh, on the fumble recovery, you guys had uh, give the ball 
over the offense in good field position, get nothing out of that. How, how difficult was that to deal with? Um, I mean, our job is to make sure we, we get them the ball back as fast as we can. So, um, you know, it's unfortunately we weren't able to get points, but, you know, our mindset is never to try to go negative in that situation, but to try to do it again. So um, that's where my mind was at. It was unfortunately we didn't get no points, but um, we we're just going to try to see if we can do it again. Appreciate you. All right, that was Captain Bobby Wagner. Had seven tackles. He said they got to play smarter, less penalties. Had costly penalties. I believe he's referring to that third down PI from Diggs. You got Blair with rushing the passer. But the good thing is they forced the Saints to two and thirteen on third downs. They were one for four in the red zone, and they forced a fumble. But Ray, I want to get back to what you were talking about. Um, just the run game in general. You mentioned that. Um, there weren't any complimentary routes or plays off of the run. At some point when you see that as a coordinator, as an offense, do you feel like, okay, let's switch things up and just, just focus on the run? Or do you have to be stubborn like we talked about and said, look, all right, we have to keep trying to execute our game plan, which it seemed like it was to run the football, then play action off of that and take their shots. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know that you that you go to something else. I know at the, at the, the pregame show Paul was talking about, that Gino couldn't just be the manager of the game. He had to make some plays, and I think uh, Turbo even said he had to be a playmaker. Uh, and uh, and that's what they needed tonight. They needed someone that could make plays in the passing game so that it could complement the the run game. You know, because like I said, people are going to complain about how much they ran the ball, but be, they were getting really good pass protection. Uh, you know, in, in in the play action pass, and some people will say, well, you don't have to run the ball to have good play action pass, but when you do run the ball, it makes it even better. And so he, there were times where he had a lot of space to throw the ball and just couldn't come up with a completion. And then there were times where the protection kind of failed. You know, the, at around the midway through the second quarter, it just seemed like the, the protection got a little leaky and uh, and it never quite recovered from that. Uh, but uh, but I still think that they did the right thing by, by running the ball and then also, you know, trying to find ways to take shots. And when they ran the play-action pass, they wanted to take shots. Either the shots weren't there, couldn't complete the pass, or there was pressure or something like that. More, they did commit to the run 28 times. They rushed the football and tried to throw off of that thing. I didn't see a lot of separation in that secondary when it came to receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this just a testament to who the Saints are in that secondary, or do you think that the Hawks need to put in more combinations, be more creative, and try to confuse the secondary and get guys open? Well, there's always somebody open, you know, and – Guys like Russell Wilson have a way of extending plays and, and finding those as well. You know, I, I again, I, I think the, the game plan was fine. I, you're not necessarily trying to be – we're not trying to get 400 yards, right. you know, and 35 points. We're trying to find a way to win the game. What's the best way for us to win the game? And the, you start looking at how we're playing defensively, and certainly New Orleans was struggling to, to have explosive plays other than, you know, some in the first half. Um and, and, God, there's just, you know, I was listening to Pete. There's so many little plays here. I don't remember, guys. There was a third down and one, and, and Bobby Wagner shot the gap. And um, uh, was it was it Kamara? It was I think Kamara, it was yeah. Kamara at the time. And he and he had him. It would have it came up fourth and three or four in that situation. Well, what would have New Orleans have done? They probably would have went for it because they were around the 35, 38-yard line. Probably took him out of field goal range at that point. Instead, of, you know, Kamara just kind of, you know, I don't know, twist his body just enough to fall forward. Now it comes up fourth and inches, and they, they sneak it. And I'm looking at it, uh, when we're a struggling football team, 
you got to make those stone plays there. You know, again, it was a great play by Kamara to get out of it. It was a good play by body, but just, there's so many of those little plays, you know, the, the, the DJ uh, part, you know, to me, that wasn't interference. Um, The the roughing the passer, whatever they want to call it on the sack and third and eight, ah, it it is what it is, but we could have shut them out. Their first touchdown, it, 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 the drive stayed alive because of a lousy pass interference call. Now, we didn't play things great, and, and we didn't play well at all in the, the two-minute drive on both sides in the first half. And then their last field goal was extended because we're, we're about to get off the field and have pretty good field position with, you know, five minutes left in the game. So those are disappointing things. You got to have awareness. So I'm not blaming the rest. You got to have. We have to have awareness. We, we just can't be in those situations where they're throwing the ball five yards uh, and three yards short of a first down. We we can't even give a ref a chance to to interfere with us. So I thought the game plan was fine. It's just about execution, making plays. I mean, two games ago against the Rams, we had five big plays. I can't find the five big plays the last two weeks. There's a couple, and they're so. We just got to play perfect ball right now, and that's really hard if you're not making enough plays, and we're not making enough plays for this team right now to win. Hey, Turbo, going into this game, we knew it was going to be tough, right? The number two team against the rush only averaging about giving up 80 yards per game. And last week you mentioned, you said something like, hey, Alex Collins, he missed a couple of gaps or a couple of holes. What did you see? Did you see some plays that were there to be made, or did you just see the number two defense against the run out there do what they were supposed to do? No, the Saints were stout. The Saints were stout. But here's the thing that I did see, Bump, and, uh, you know, I don't know if this was – the game plan going into the game or, or, or was if, if, if it was just the flow of the game. But, you know, Alex Collins, he started the game. First half, he only had five carries. You know, Rashad Penny, obviously, the, he's coming back. They wanted to give him some carries. You know, he had four carries, you know, in that, in that first half. But then to start the second half, you know, Rashad Penny was really the, the main guy in the backfield getting, you know, the bulk of the carries. And, you know, listen – Obviously, as a coach staff, you're going to make those decisions. That's fine. But what did we talk about pregame? We talked about rhythm. We talked about flow. We talked about how important that is for the running back position. And so to take Alex out of the game, and I don't know if he was hurt or, 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 or whatever the, the, the situation was, he was back in the game later on in the game in the fourth quarter. But essentially, that whole third quarter, you know, he, he's on the bench. And then he comes later on in, late in the third, you know, fourth quarter, and you're trying to give him a bunch of carries now, but guess what? He doesn't have a feel of the game anymore. He's out of rhythm. His legs are cold. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he may have been pre-anticipating some of the cuts. Yes, there were some runs where he didn't press all the way, but I, I don't put that all on him. I put that on the lack of his volume as it pertains to carries in the game. You started him off early, doing pretty well, right? Allow him to find that groove. He's coming off a 100-yard game. Allow, allow him to, to, to ride that momentum and use kind of Rashad as more of a spell, somebody who's coming off injury as well. You know, use him more as a spell for Alex so Alex can kind of continue the, the, the groove that, that he's in. But, you know, some of the runs were off, but I think it was more for that reason as opposed to, you know, the running backs just being impatient overall. Yeah, we mentioned in the pregame show that he's a volume runner. 
You know, when he gets 18 to 20 carries, last time he had 20 carries at 100 yards. The previous times he had over 100 yards, he had 18 carries a pop. So maybe you are on to something there, Turbo. Tonight's game is presented by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. With Zero Sugar and now even more delicious, is the Coca-Cola Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Pick up some at Albertsons or Safeway today. Proud partner of your Seattle Seahawks. Okay, when we return, we'll hear from more players and get more reaction from these guys. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the Saints 13 to 10, dropping it two and five. Now let's go to Alex Collins. Collins is at the podium now. You know, we've had a lot of close games down over time, tied up at in the fourth, you know, so people look at our record and be like, you know, maybe have a different mindset about us, but we know we're just one step closer and, and finishing and executing and getting those W's. What was your view uh, of, I don't know if you saw it, of some of just the chippiness between DK and Marshawn Lattimore tonight? It just shows how tough DK is, you know. He's a great wide receiver. He's going to have a lot of guys challenge him and, you know, not back down and, you know, keep attacking these guys and, and going at these guys, you know. They're chirping, chirping at him for a reason, try to get in his head, try to throw him off his game. And, um, you know, I felt that it was great that, you know, he didn't respond to the negativity. He just, you know, kept playing ball. And, you know, I'm proud of him for that. Is that what you're seeing, that defenders are – I mean, he made this comment earlier in the year that he feels like defensive guys are trying to get under his skin. Is that what you're seeing, that their their players are instigating it and DK's responding? For sure. You know, he's a young player, you know, and he's balling. He's doing great. And, you know, every team has to game plan against this guy. You know, they watch film on this guy, and, you know, he's a playmaker. And, um, you know, coming out in the game, I feel like they want to do any little thing they can to try to get an advantage. And trash talk is one of those things, you know. And, you know, DK is not a hothead guy that'll, you know, do anything erratic. And, you know, he kept his cool and he went out there and made plays. So. Thank you, guys. Hope you have a great night. All right. That was Alex Collins, 16 carries, 35 yards, a long of six. He mentioned Big Ray that guys are going to try to get after DK. He's a big target out there. We know that he is emotional, and he did a good job keeping us cool. Like he does just enough. He toes the line just just enough to get at you, and then he plays victim at the perfect time. Man, it, it's part of the game, and I, I like that he's learning <laughs> to control himself. Well, the, the, I don't know if he's learning to control himself or he's just learning how to get in and get out that mug before <laughs> before the referee reaches for that That's flag. Probably it. <laughs> but uh, it's funny that you came to me with that because I was just sitting here thinking. Man, like DJ is, I mean, DK better be glad he doesn't play like in the trenches because I've, I've played with players like that before. And then you go, okay, that's that's what you want to do. Well, then your knees are exposed all the time. You know what I'm saying? So so you start you start taking shots at dudes. But, but no, nah, you know, DK is, you know, a very, I think that's part of his just kind of makeup. It kind of keeps his intensity going. So far, I think what early in the season he had one penalty of uh, what it, what they called him, but he tends to get on the dude's skins enough that they end up getting the penalty. So if 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 he can com- control it like that and keep playing like that, then it is what it is. But you don't want it to become such a thing uh, that it becomes too uh, the, the focus of of what he's doing on offense and not him catching the ball and running for eighty four yards. I, I'm telling you right now, if I had to go up against Metcalf, he would get in my head. <laughs> he would get, he's too strong. He, I mean, he he hits guys legally, and they're you're a DB. You're taught to attack them, right? He hits DB so hard legally in front of them, they don't know what to do. Yeah, but he goes to the face mask. Well, he does. Like, let's let's call no, no, the, I, call no. the spade a spade, bro. Like, I, so he ain't I, just hitting I, his I, hard. I, I'll take that part away. Even without it, 
he he's so physical on those guys mm-hmm. that they get so frustrated. And yeah, there's like everything, you know, you were grabbing mass and he's pretty good at drawing the flag, man. Yeah. Like, you, you never want him to get one, but he's so physical. He would be, he would, he would wear on a DB's heads. It would be tough. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he, he was composed. I mean, from start to finish today and it was great to see him do everything that he did. He did within the confines of, the rules right within the whistle but there's one thing that we have to be careful of and 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 i'm saying that because you started to see it kind of resonate and spread throughout our team right the little chippiness gerald everett you know getting in malcolm jenkins face and you know then we got some guys on our defense you know starting to get in guys' face and obviously that's going to happen but i felt like it happened a little bit more so in this game as with our team than normal. And part of that is maybe we're two and four and we're, we're fighting our, you know, tails off to try to get a win, but it cost us, right? Everett did get, did after a big play, 15 yard penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct, flipping the ball on the sideline to somebody who wasn't even playing. Right. And we can debate on that call. You know, it's probably a BS call, whatever it is, but the fact of the matter is it happened. So although that's part of the game and we're getting better, you know, and DK specifically is getting better. We don't want that resonating throughout our team to where it can where it can be obviously a fault for us moving forward. Yeah, it's it's contagious. We're gonna go glory days. You guys ready? Glory days coming up, All right? My very first varsity game. Okay, my coach, Coach Verdi, he goes, you know what you gotta do? You gotta go out there and hit the very first dude you see the first play. That's that's how you set the tone. That's what DK did the very first play. He got out of Lattimore, put him on his wallet, as Rabel would say, the very first play. And you need guys like that, though. You can't have a team full of nice guys. You know, there are some guys who operate that way. Russell Wilson operates in a nice guy lane. You need a guy who's going to be like, look, man, we're here to fight. This is football. I know we got all these rules that say you can't hit me high. I can't do this. I can't do that. But he sets the tone, and I like that. Yeah, yeah I, I like it too. Uh, you know, because I mean, I've been kicked out of yeah, probably like play six night. or seven <laughs> NFL games. I've been fined a lot of a lot of money uh, for that. Uh, but I mean, shoot, they can find a backup for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not going to find another DK Metcalf on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's the thing where I, like I like it, but you have to like like uh, Rob was saying like DK has to be careful because if if it es- escalates with him and another player. Uh, then it's not going to become the point of them just getting a second dude that responded. It's going to be both of them, you know, getting at it and getting tossed out of the game. But then all of a sudden now you have your most dangerous player out of the game. So far he's been able to contain it, but um, or he's been lucky that they've called the second person and not the first guy. And uh, so, yeah, I can see it a little bit, but still don't, you know, that doesn't have to be something you do all the time. You can You can make people look bad and feel bad by running past them too and catching the ball and running over them. Moyer, who who was your guy on your team when you played who, who who jumped it off to start the game? Well, it wasn't anybody on the offensive side. You weren't <laughs> allowed back then, right? Remember, if you came across the middle, you got your head kicked. You know what? Not anymore. Uh, so now wide receivers who are bigger and stronger. I, I mean, I had guys like Kenny Easley. You know, I mean, he was he was good enough. Uh, you know, Dave Brown. I mean, he. They, we had a lot of really tough guys. I, there were so many on our defense. I mean, that team. You you had to be tough. You weren't allowed not to be tough. Um, it, the games change. You're still tough, but now you got to be just you know a physical right. athlete and be able to mirror people. So, 
Um, the game's changed, man. The defenses don't get to dictate like they used to. I mean, offensive guys can actually be the enforcers now, and it's kind of weird. For for us, man, it was Breno. Giacomini? Yeah, Giacomini, yeah. our right tackle. Yeah. yeah. yeah you want to talk about a tone setter, he kind of got us in some bad spots, too. Some <laughs> penalties. But, hey, that was that was the way he played, man. I'm going to say when we played, it was Leroy Hill. Leroy Hill. He was oh, calm Leroy as heck, Hill. but he yeah. will get it cracking real quick. <laughs> Now's your chance to work for the world's most premier sports and entertainment events. Lumen Field is currently hiring over 500 new employees for event and game day positions with wages starting at 21 per hour. Come be a part of the energy and excitement of game day at Lumen Field. Apply today at lumenfield.com slash employment. Okay, lots more to do. We return. We get more reaction and hear more from the athletes as they step up to the podium. The Hawks fall to the Saints 13 to 10. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the Saints 13 to 10. Now let's hear from Geno Smith, who's at the podium now. Uh, you know, it's tough, man. We lost. No one's happy about it. You know, it's uh, another close game for us. We had a chance right there at the end. Uh, it's tough, you know. But one thing I know about these guys is no one's going to quit. You know, no one's going to point a finger. You know, we're all going to pick up, you know, what we need to pick up. And we're all going to get better. You know, find ways to get better and find ways to get a win. What's your assessment of the offense tonight? You know, I think we had spurts where we were really good. And then I think we had times where we didn't finish. Um, you know, we were moving the ball. Uh, you know, some costly, uh, you know, um, sacks where, you know, kind of put us out of position. A uh, couple penalties that we'd, we'd like to not have. But overall, I mean, with the elements and everything else, you know, not to make any excuses, but I, I think we moved the ball pretty well. Gino, you mentioned the sacks. Some of those came in some really critical moments. What, what do you kind of... Think about those plays when you when you when you look back on them and, and yeah. kind of how those moments kind of came about for you. Well, I mean that's the part of playing quarterback. Honestly, you know, being a quarterback, you got to put the team in the best position to win. And uh, whatever I got to do to get the ball out or you know evade you know the sack or whatever I have to do to not have that happen, you know, that's a part of my job. And so uh, you know I put that solely on myself, honestly. And and I got you know big enough shoulders, I'll take it all. You know, you can put the blame right at my feet, man. I'm not worried. Uh, I know I'm going to get better. I know I'm going to fix it. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to do whatever, you know, I need to do to make sure that we get a win. The, the third down that took Myers' field goal up to 53 yards there into the open end, what could you do? That looked like a blitz with no pickup. You're saying you forgot. Uh, you know, I, w- I would have to go look at the tape to be exactly, to, to give you the, you know, the best answer. But, um, you know, just, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, just doing whatever it takes, whatever it takes to, to get the ball out. Um, that's a part of my job, putting us in the best position to win. And, you know, when things like that happen, um, you know, it's the quarterback's job to make sure it doesn't. What was it like handling the ball, throwing the ball in these conditions tonight? I thought we did fine, honestly. I uh, didn't think about it once, didn't flinch once. Um, you know, I think, you know, I missed one at DK where I put a little touch on it and it kind of floated on me. But other than that, you know, I think we were fine. You know, you, you had that great touchdown pass to DK, honestly, for early week. You know, obviously we want to get the ball to our playmakers. You know, that's that's number one. You know, DK is a great player. Uh, Tyler's a great player. Uh, Gerald and all the guys. So we want to get the ball to those guys. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, I can't really pinpoint why it happened the way it did. Um, you know, and that's something that we've got to look at and, and correct. But uh, you know, it, it, it happened like that, and. We still had a chance at the end of the game. He made a crucial third down at the end of the game. 
Um, and that's what he does. He's a great player. And so, honestly, man, it's just one of those things where we came up short again. You know, these last three weeks, man, we've had the ball at the end with a chance to go win it, and uh, we didn't get it done. You know, the defense gave you uh, recovered a fumble, gave you a short field. Can you take me through the sequence of that uh, possession? It was a great job by the defense, man. It was a great hit. I think it was uh, Ugo who made the hit. It was a great hit. Um, you know, that's what they do. Uh, they make plays on defense. They did a great job all night. I feel like um, we got the ball there. And one thing that, you know, I'll say is that uh, finishing, finishing drives is huge and then rewarding our defense whenever they do get a turnover like that. You know, we preferably want to get seven. And so, um, you know, whatever we have to do to make sure that happens, we got to watch the tape and we've all got to take ownership, you know, really take ownership and, and figure out what each individual can do to make sure that that, that gets done. You know, you're not going to be satisfied until you win, obviously, as a competitor. But what can you, how are you feeling about your control of the offense and your ability to move the pieces when you're up there in the line of scrimmage and in the huddle? I feel great about it. You know, uh, that's all the hard work throughout training camp and all those things. Uh, we, we put a lot of work in. And so I feel great about what I'm seeing out there and, uh, you know, how I'm getting in and out of the huddle. Uh, obviously, there's a lot that I can improve as well. So uh, for me, it's just focusing on those things, the things that I can improve on, uh, and then just continuing to build. What, just what's the next step for this team to kind of get back on track? Man, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, and uh, we're going we gonna to get right. You know, we're going to make sure that we do whatever we need to do, um, whether it's in the classroom, the weight room, and then when it comes down to, you know, executing on the field, we, we just got to own those moments. We just got to own them. You know, those are key, crucial moments, and we have chances to, to really ice the game. And so we've got to really put that in our mindset, you know, just like, hey, man, we got to be closers. We got to be finishers. And uh, that's something we, we, we can work on. Thanks. Thank you, guys. That was Geno Smith, 12 of 22, 167 yards and one touchdown. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. Geno was honest, man. You know, he, he said, look, there were a couple plays out there that, you know, we gave up a sack, pushed us out of position to kick a field goal. He took responsibility. He says, look, you can throw it at my feet. He sounds like a veteran. He understands. He goes, look, man, the, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. We have to get back to work. I mean, what else are you supposed to do in this situation? You can't just sit back and feel sorry for yourself. I think Gino understands the situation this team is in. His job now is to go 1-0. His job was to go 2-0. That's not – obviously that didn't happen. His job now is to go 1-0. What are a couple positives that we saw to Gino? I know that we can we can harp on the negative, and I know that's what everyone wants us to do, but this team has to play football next week. And if you go into a meeting room and you are just on every single negative, the mentality of your football team isn't going to be great coming into the next week. So what we're going to do right now is give one positive, Big Ray, that you saw from Gino. Oh, man. Just one. You put me on the spot with that one, on bro. Like I just, my, my brain was already in the the – <laughs> Not Russell Wilson space, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I think you know th there were some some uh, you know some plays that you know some throws that he made the the pass to DK obviously you know you know, floated it out there and put it where DK can make a play on it and score a touchdown uh, and then and then I I still think that probably the most positive thing that he's that he does is you know he he takes responsibility like he doesn't get up and um, you know try to you know 
dance around it or make it sound good for everybody else or anything. It just kind of says, this is what I could have done and I could have done this thing better. That's always good if you're trying to improve, you know. And so, so yeah, so that those are my things. Those are your things. Yeah. Moya. Um, well, he, he didn't turn the ball over tonight. And let me tell you the positive for Gino the last three weeks. We've been in a position to win on the final drive of the game every single time. And we're so used to winning those on the final drive in the fourth quarter. And the difference between being good and great, because if he drove down those three, the last three games and scored, it doesn't matter what he did between mm-hmm. all that other stuff. And, uh, and, and that's what he's got. Uh, and I loved his answer. It just shows maturity, too. What, what are you going to do? I mean, you're the leader right now. You know, they're looking at you being calm. Hey, and I thought his response is, is right on. I mean, you can kick and scream and, and throw a temper tantrum. But that doesn't really get anything done there, does it? Uh, look, but sometimes he, I want to do that. Paul. I do. <laughs> I want to. I want to be. I want to be the man of the people, and I want to kick and scream like a, a three hundred pound baby in the middle of the floor. Like but, I want to just well. But it's not just on him, right? right. We, we got to block better. Mm-hmm. We got to run better. We got to make where the margin for error on this team right now is razor, razor yeah. thin. So we can't make any crazy mistakes. And it doesn't take much. All of a sudden, you win a game, and all of a sudden, you start making big plays. Look, a, big pl- a positive, he took a shot downfield. DK got an 84-yard touchdown. We're up 7 to nothing. We got the lead. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for in this game in bad weather against a team that, you know, New Orleans, I think we all thought would struggle offensively a little bit. So, I mean, you know, he's not the reason why we lost. You know, we got to make plays. Yeah, I, you know, two positives to answer your question, Bump. Uh, you know, there's two positives that I saw from Gino in this football game. I thought uh, the first one, you know, I thought he just kept battling. Like, when given time, he made good throws, especially in the second half of that football game, but particularly in the fourth quarter. The other positive is, to me, you know, just his mentality. I mean, despite the situation, despite the circumstance within the football game, the losses, he just keeps coming back, you know. He's not overly – obviously he's disappointed, right, but he's not overly down on himself or the team or the things that are transpiring throughout the football game. He's just coming back. And so that mentality is a positive and actually harder to have than most people would consider. Yep, so we riled off the positives. Negatives, he's got to make some throws and <laughs> – can't take sacks late in the game. Yeah. Third and 28 is never good. I don't have a play for that, Coach. Third and 28, <laughs> run goals, and let's close our eyes and see what happens. You throw you on the screen, right? Yeah, throw me on the screen. Hey, y'all better block for me, though. Can't do it by myself. <laughs> I have a third and, third and uh, 38. What's that? Give it to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that. Man, come on, man. Seahawks Sandbox just dropped. Head over to our gaming community at Seahawks.com slash Sandbox to keep up with everything gaming. This community is open to competitive gamers or those that just love to play with their friends. Dig deeper, play passionately with Seahawks Sandbox. Okay, when we return, we will hear from Gerald Everett and Gabe Jackson with Jen Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. The Seahawks fall to the Saints 13 to 10. Let's go down to the locker room with Jen Mueller. She's with Gerald Everett. Gerald, what did Pete say after this one? Uh, just too many flags, you know, just didn't come down to execution. We repped his things all week and just we didn't execute and we didn't fulfill the things that we needed to do in every facet of the game. 
Now the flags, the field goals, the allowing plays, non-execution. You know, the list goes on, but we're definitely going to have to go in and you know, dissect the film tomorrow. Was there anything about either the weather or maybe the Saints scheming up something differently than what you anticipated that no. affected it? No, no. I, in my opinion, it didn't affect us, uh, nor did the rain, but it just came down to a matter of who really wanted to compete four quarters, and you know, definitely came down to those kicks for sure, but everyone definitely could have played better tonight. The end around that you had, the effort of Will Disley, I think, helped to make that work. Yes. Why yes. is that play so effective in this offense? You got guys going hard for one another. This is a definitely tight-knit group, and we definitely want to play for one another each and every drive, each and every quarter. So that's just what you have when guys are doing just that. The effectiveness of that play might make you think, okay, just why didn't we see a little bit more of that? Right. Why wasn't that there? Hard to say. It's really hard to say. That's why you, you, we'll definitely go in tomorrow and look at things that we could have did and things that could have went well for us that didn't. But, you know, it's just really cut and paste, really. We just have to take a look at the film. Lastly, there was a highlight early right. on. It was DK Metcalf right. for 84 right. yards. Right. 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 Does he ever cease to impress you? No, DK is a DK is a great player. You know, he's elite, young guy, so he'll be dominating this league for years to come. But even a better person off the field, and you know, when you're living right, that's just what happens. All right, thank you, Gerald. Bump, we'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. That was Gerald Everett. Had three catches for 11 yards. He talked about the team having too many flags. I think they had six flags tonight. Not a lot, but timely flags and flags that cost him some field position. He was one of them. You know, on the sideline, playing with some passion, tossed a football number 26 who was not in the game. Um, we spoke about DK playing with his emotion earlier. You got to find the sweet spot when it comes to that. Gerald is still, I guess, fairly young. Still got work to do, huh, Ray? Yeah, and I think, you know, some of it is is probably, you know, just trying to stay, uh, you know, emotionally into the game that way. And, but I'm telling you, man, I still think some of Gerald's energy, because he had that same energy on that run last week, is that he wants to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. I think he wants to, to get the ball more. He wants to, you know, have a bigger impact on the game. He wants to have more targets. And I'm not saying that uh, – uh, you know that he's trying to like sabotage anything, but I just think the energy that you that he shows when he gets a chance to to be part of the play or you know get a chance to 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 get his hands on the football, I think some of it is like yeah, like give me, I, I need more of this, I need more of this, and so, uh, but yeah, that was you know some of the penalties like e even like um uh, Gina was saying the, the penalties and some of the sacks and some of the negative yardage, that stuff like Paul was saying you have to be perfect when you're fighting with tooth and nail to be able to put yourself in a position to win a game, let alone win the game, because this, this, def this offense or the defense, even with the, as well as the defense, you know, if you call it play today, uh, still there was no margin of error, you know, and, and, and I will say this, the other thing that's a little bit frustrating is the, you know, I know it's a long season. I know there's, there's, you know, obviously going to practice and working on things, uh, but man, like it, it seems like it's something different every week that then ends up being the thing that you have to work on. So then it ends up being, well, we, ha we have to keep getting better. We have to keep working. We have to improve. We have to not make the same mistakes. And, this, and so as a fan, like speaking as a fan, you're like, holy, well, what are these things? Like I'm thinking <laughs> as a parent, like like when I'm working with my kids, it's just like, okay, like we, we're fixing these two things. Now you've come up with four or five more <laughs> things. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, man, like at, at some point you just don't have enough season to get all the things fixed to be able to do the things you want to do. So the Hawks had six penalties for 53 yards. And, Moyer, you said this team has to play perfect. I've never seen a perfect football game, Moyer. 
I've, I've never seen it. So expand on that and, and give myself and the listeners a better idea on what perfect football looks like for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, we gave them four first downs on penalties. Um, we flip a ball again. We just talked about Gerald Everett. That's a 15-yard penalty. Field position was critical in this game. We lost field position. They started on their 30. We started on our 24. And there was a bunch of times that, you know, we – we're inside our 20-yard line. It just the, the way the offense is going, that's not going to happen. It's just, it's really just making the the routine plays. It's not having silly penalties, and it's and when you're struggling, your your awareness has to increase. And I'm, I'm nitpicking. I mean, we're we're literally gave up 309 yards. They were two for 13 well i'm sorry i was looking at third they were two for 13 on third down they had 304 total yards other than two drives which you know the the rest helped on a couple we played fantastic defense and i'm and i'm nitpicking on them on everything because you got to play perfect you got to shut them out when your backups in the game and your terrible weather playing against a really good defense and they're a really good defense um, so that's all I mean. It doesn't mean that every play has to be critical. It's just the the critical ones. You just got to make the routiners, and we can't give them easy first downs and and extend drives. And that's all. And again, that's where we are right now. We're 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 searching for everything, and it's uh, it's it's frustrating as a fan, and obviously for coaches and players too. So, Ro, to me, it sounds like this team isn't good enough to make these certain mistakes. You played on a very good football team with the Seattle Seahawks. Is that what that means is that because Russell's not there, because you're not healthy on that offensive line, because you're experimenting in the secondary, you ain't got the you ain't got money in the bank. You can't you can't make those mistakes that you made when you're on that Super Bowl run. Yeah, those mistakes become, you know, uh, enlarged. You know, they're 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 harder to overcome in a in a game like this. And when your team is uh, dealing with so much adversity, you know, off the field injuries and and, 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 and things like that. And so, you know, discipline, that word discipline becomes, uh, you know, huge. It's, a, it's almost like it's, a, it's all capitals, right, because you can't give the other team really anything. You know, you can't put yourself in a situation uh, where you're beating yourself. The game is going to be hard enough already about, uh, you know, with the opponent that you're playing against. They've game planned against you. They've got, you know, all these things that they want to do that they feel like they can be successful with. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, go into a game and give them anything, especially when it's a lack of focus, jumping off sides on a field goal or a lack of discipline, 15-yard uh, unsportsmanlike penalty. And then we haven't even talked about this. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, in the second half, what happened with all of our timeouts? We mismanaged the clock. How many times? We had to burn two timeouts on offense because we couldn't get the snap in time and i forget where the other timeout went but they're both time they, the clock ran down and, and we had to call timeout yeah and i think they're on third down situation so when too, we so. get the ball under two minutes there in the fourth quarter and we don't have any timeouts we don't have any timeouts you know to to go into that two minute drive which even puts us in a more tough position go ahead paul i was going to ask bump bump how many timeouts would you have burned on the third and 38 None. You know what I mean? None. And, you know, we're going through all of these things on being perfect, and we don't even have to go, you know, because, again, we can go on every little uh, play. But if we don't take sacks, you know, we're in field goal range. If um, we make our field goals, 
we win the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's it. Just just do yeah. the do the simple things. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're we when you know you're not going to beat a team twenty eight to seven. You yeah. know, this is a game that we needed to win thirteen to ten or or sixteen thirteen. I like that. Do the simple things. Okay, let's go back and hear from Jen Mueller. She's with Gabe Jackson. You came into the game knowing that the Saints are very good at stopping the run. What did you see from that defensive front? Uh, they was pretty good, you know, uh, scheme-wise and um, just the effort trying to get out to the ball. Uh, we knew it was going to be tough, but, you know, we still was uh, trying to commit to doing the run. Alex Collins was getting some yards out there. What was different about him when he was able to punch it through and, and maybe make those bigger gains? Uh, he's a great back. You know, uh, all, our, all our backs do a great job uh, trusting the run and trusting the reads. Um, but he always bring the juice, you know, he, he get in the huddle, he lie, we finna go do it, and you just feel his confidence. It felt like it was start and stop for the offense tonight. Why wasn't there that rhythm and the ability to stay on the field? Um, that I don't have an answer to. Uh, I just know things happen. Um, sometimes in our control, sometimes out of control. But uh, we just got to make sure we take a, a advantage of the opportunity that we get. DK had a nice touchdown in the first quarter. You've been around him now half a season. What is what impresses you about him? Uh, he's a freak, man. Like he, if he get open, uh, have one on one, he gonna make a miss. Uh, if he get an open field, he's dangerous. Uh, pretty much anytime he got the ball in his hand. Lastly, as we look ahead to next week, it is a short week. What needs to happen to get a bounce back effort next week? Short term memory. Gotta remember. Um, the good things you've done and kind of learn from the, the mistakes you made. But at the same time, uh, this game is over with. We've got to move on to the next one pretty fast because it'll be here before you know it. Rest the body up as much as you can. Treatment, rehab, some feel-good stuff, and um, just dial in to these guys. And that'll be the recipe for a bounce-back bump. Thank you, Jen. That was Gabe Jackson. When we return, we will hear from Rasheem Green. He is with Jen Mueller. The Hawks fall to 2-5, and five, losing 13-10 to the Hawks. To the Saints. Welcome back to the Seahawk Post Game Show. We're going to go right to the locker room. Rasheem Green is with Jen Mueller now. It's tough to get to Jameis Winston. You managed to do it twice. What happened on each of those plays? Let's start with the first quarter one first. Okay, the first one was a game with the whole D-line. Uh... I mean, the game with me and Benson was kind of tough because we got this slide to us. So, you know, uh, uh, what uh, I try to do is just make something work. And then Kerry, Kerry and uh, Carlos did a great job. And Kerry got to Jameis first, and I kind of wrapped around, you know, for the cleanup. Then you get to him a little bit later on. I think it's you and Carlos in the fourth quarter. Carlos yeah. In the fourth quarter. That one, uh, it was like a pass situation. It was pass. It's kind of did a little pull arm, arm over. And then, you know, Carlos did a great job. And then. You know, he just stepped up into me, and then you know, Carlos was like, you know, there for the cleanup too. There were some good moments there on defense. You kept him out of the end zone. You forced him to, to kick a field goal there in the second quarter after a really long drive. But what did you start noticing when Jameis got into a rhythm? Well, I started noticing. Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I felt like the defense played pretty good throughout the whole game. Uh, it was uh, a couple of plays we could have, you know, a couple of plays here and there, but. Overall, um, I, I personally felt like we did a good job of not letting him get into a rhythm like he has in like you know, previous games, you know. Well, and how much of that is just Alvin Kamara? I mean, you can know where he is, but he's a beast. He, um, he, he, um, he, um, he is a great back. He is, you know, like to me, like the heartbeat of that whole thing offense. But, you know, I mean, he's a great player. 
What needs to happen for the defense to take the next step? I know that there's been some consistency now in, in first half to second half that Ken Norton talked about, but it yeah. still feels like there's another another step or two. Um, if you ask me, uh, I feel like we just need to all be on the same page throughout the whole game because there are times when we are on the same page and you see it when we're out there making plays and times when we're not. But I feel like once we figure it out, which will be soon, like the defense is going to be like, Nice one to be like, no ball in the whole game. So what has to happen for that to be next game's result of having that smooth defense? Um, what has to happen for us to be all on the same page? That's uh, stuff I can't really speak for everybody, but uh, I just feel like we all just need to go out there and trust each other more. But yeah. not saying we don't, but I feel like we all just need to go out there and just I don't know, man. Just yeah. be us. Right. Yeah, communicate and do your job. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. Rasheem Green had two half sacks and contributed to the best defensive performance we've seen from this team all year. 304 yards, only gave up 13 points, held the Saints to two and three on third downs, but they were two for two on fourth downs. This is one of those games where you look at the score and you're like, You'll take this from this defense. 13 points, you'll be like, look, if if this D can hold the Saints or any team to 13 points, they should be in this ball game. No question. And, again, I think the game plan was to have a chance to win the fourth quarter. It was there. Um, you know, the, the tough one is, you know, offensively, it was just there was just nothing sustained. We had the big play, one play drive, 84 yards. Our other touchdown, our, our points came off of a turnover. We got no yards out of it. I mean, literally none and kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's your 10. And so now we're relying, we got to create turnovers. We got we to gotta play the field position battle. And that was really interesting. I thought Sean Payton did a really good job of coaching this and playing it strategically with field position. That's, that's a Pete Carroll game too, right? And we just couldn't get that one flipped. We couldn't get them on the inside the 10-yard line to all of a sudden get the ball back at the 50. We never got that type of field position game. So, again, really frustrating. I'm happy for the defense because they've been taking so much heat, right? I mean, it's been it's two weeks in a row. I mean, they played well last week. Um, you know, you got to go back to Indy where they were under 400 yards also. So it's three, three games, but back-to-back games under 400 yards, playing better, uh, giving, you know, giving us a chance to win. That's all you can ask for when you, without Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, we know these games are going to be close. And it's not, you know, with Russell Loud and some of the other things that the, 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 this team is dealing with, the game plan is to keep it close, give ourselves an opportunity and a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. And when you're playing these close games, as the games get closer to the finish line, you have to have something, especially offensively, you can hang your hat on that is going to propel us over the top or essentially give us a breakthrough, whatever you know words you want to call it, that is going to put us in the best situation to win the football game. And for the Saints, that was Alvin Kamara tonight. He was able to make critical plays in crucial moments to help propel them and put them in position to win the game, kick field goals, field position, things like that. And obviously we beat ourselves with penalties and other things like that. But we still had a chance to win the football game at the end with just under two minutes left to go, and we're taking sacks. Why are we taking sacks? Because 
we don't have anything we can hang our hat on offensively to propel us, to put us on a good drive and, and, and put us in position to win the football game at the end. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate because Herm Edwards said you play to win the game. To win the game. <laughs> you don't play to be close at the fourth quarter. You don't play to have a chance to win and not win. You play to win the game. And then we t- also talk about how the game comes down to this a handful of plays. Well, you can decide which handful of plays you want to say they were, or you, or you could say that the one drive that Kamara scored a touchdown on, I think they went to him every single time, except for the, <laughs> except for the time that, uh, you know, that uh, incomplete pass or got sacked or whatever it was. So you could say that handful of plays decided the game with a guy that you knew you couldn't allow that guy <laughs> to beat you. Everyone on the field knows that that is the guy that they have, and he, and he caught the ball five or six times, went right down the field and scored a touchdown. So um, I get it. I understand that, you know, like it, the sky is not falling and all that kind of stuff. But to me, uh, th- and this is just like in my own, just the way I see things. If, if you are uh, continuing to do the things that allow you to lose and not perform well or perform at your best, then you're doing those things that bad teams do that don't win. So to keep thinking of yourself as a good team that just hasn't won yet may not be serving the purpose as just looking in the mirror. And it's not a bad thing to just be like, you know what? Like we have good players, we have good pieces, but right now we are a bad team because we're doing those bad things that bad teams do. If we're looking at any other team, we'd be going like, man, that team is just not good because they make all these mistakes and they make the same mistakes every week and blah, 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 blah. And so it's it's not a negative thing to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Like, this is what bad teams do when they lose. And so then let's start from right there and then build on top of that versus continuing to say, oh, no, I know we're a good team. We're really close. And I know that's the whole positive thing, but that can be a positive too, just acknowledging where you are. Sounds like an accountability meeting is necessary. Big Ray. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. The conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. K-I-R-O FM Tacoma, Seattle. Okay, when we return to the Jaguars and gives a preview, that's next on the Seahawks radio network. Play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. The Seattle Seahawks on top, 6-0. Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking, call Beacon. Okay, let's talk about these Jaguars. They are 1-5, guys. They have Trevor Lawrence, 129 for 216, 1,465 yards, seven touchdowns and eight interceptions. We know the drama that's been going on with their coaching staff as well. I mean, they got to win this game, right? <laughs> they're two and five. I know the Jags are one and five. Both these games are both these teams are struggling. But if the Hawks were to fall to the Jaguars, I think we will see a panic in Seattle like we have never seen before. Definitely. 
They, they're two and five. So um, it's the optics, though. It's the Jags. You know, uh, well, you know, look, it's the NFL too, right? They won last week. You know, we've yeah. lost three games in a row. And, you know, Turbo and I were talking, you know, during a break a while ago, we've all been through this when things get tight, Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you're looking for the ball to bounce the wrong way, and all of a sudden it gets to the fourth quarter, a team you should be beating, and you're up by six, and they make a stop, and then they get the ball with the final two minutes. It happens. And so a team like this that comes in, you better jump on them early. You know, it, we're not playing well enough, confident enough, making enough plays to make this an easy game. Now, look, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's hes a young man who's got a quarterback rate of 75. He's got some guys to throw to. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've they got more Seahawks ex-coaches than, that have been <laughs> right. successful, so we, we ought yeah. to know them a little bit. But, you know, they got James Robinson, guys averaging five and a half yards per carry. Uh, he's got five, I don't know, 460 yards uh, on the ground. Um, it's Jacksonville is what we're looking at. We're not looking at the human element yeah. that they got players too. We're looking at the logo. And we're not playing. So I'm hoping we win. I think we should win. It would give us right back in going into a bye. We get healthy. Maybe we can make a magical run the last nine games of the year. Uh, but don't think this will be an easy one. We're not playing well enough to make this easy. Yeah. Well, no team should be taken lightly in the NFL. I mean, on any given Sunday, you can win or you can lose. These guys are going to prepare the same way we are going to have to prepare uh, to give us the best opportunity to win this football game. Obviously, they're a struggling team. And, you know, we're a struggling team, too. But I think we're a struggling team uh, in spite of some things that are out of our control, to be quite honest. You know, we've talked about our defense improving, and it would have been interesting to see – uh, how an improving defense, how that would have resulted with, you know, Russ Wilson at the helm and having our full offense uh, together. D. Eskridge, even our our young rookie who's been struggling uh, with an injury and stuff like that. And so, you know, we've been dealing with some things that are out of our control that you know have contributed honestly to us being two and five. Nevertheless, uh, this is obviously an important game for us next week against the Jags and one that we should definitely win. Should win, but on paper, the Jags are better on offense and on defense. <laughs> so here we go. All right, today's final score is Saints 13, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineers, Zach Davis. Studio coordinators, Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, Nasa Chobi. Next week, the Seahawks will take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars on Halloween. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk. But if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Saints, 13 to 10. Talk to you guys next week. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I am Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. The Seahawks fall to two and five after taking a loss to the Saints, 13 to 10. And right now we are joined by John Clayton, the professor. John, how you doing? Good. How are you? You know we're doing okay, man. We're doing okay. The Hawks are two and five. Is this a struggling football team that has the potential to be good, or should the 12s and everyone change expectations and just say, look, man, there are a lot of things to figure out, um, lower your expectations, and, and take what you get on Sundays? Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to because, again, it's like you can see they were much, much better on defense, which, of course, was a big question. And, of course, against a Saints team that's not good on offense, I mean, that 
that was encouraging, but the offense was just, I mean, that was the problem. They couldn't do anything. I mean, they were, I mean, you knew that the way Saints run their defense is that they do everything they can to stack the run. And, you know, they have some weaknesses as far as the pass, but, you know, in the case of Geno Smith, the uh, offensive passing game, they couldn't get anything done, and that cost them the game. And, of course, the two missed field goals cost them the game. So it's like uh, – and uh, the penalties. I mean, again, the key penalties, you know, whether it's the personal fouls, whether it's the uh, off, defensive offside, all those different things, you know, those things you – know, the, the margin of error for this team without Russell Wilson is so small. And, again, they broke the, uh, that, that area by not being able to do enough. With some of the struggles offensively that we saw in this game, John, do you attribute that to uh, lack of execution with the players, or does some of this fall on Shane Rogers? No, I think a lot of it has to fall down on the execution of the players because, again, it's like, uh, you know, you can only do so much. And, uh, you know, it's like Geno. I mean, you know, again, some of the problems on the offensive line affected Geno because you can see once it got to about 2.5 seconds, there wasn't enough time for him because he had to scramble to the right, get rid of the football, and either throw it away or try to make a quick pass or run the football. You know, that's execution more than it is anything else. Uh, you know, Gino just didn't have a good game tonight. Simple as that. And because of that, you know, that uh, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, sure, they got the, the big 84-yard play to DK Metcalf. That was great. But there was hardly anything after that in the passing game. John, what do you know about injuries? I know Marquise Blair, they, they look like he went into the locker room. Uh, what, what, what can you tell us throughout this team today? Well, I mean, he, he suffered a patella tendon injury, so my guess is that he's most likely done for the season. You know, so it was a patella t- t- tear and all that stuff. And, of course, mm. uh, you know, then you know, it got Brandon Shell got re-injury on the ankle, those different things. So, so those are the two, two main ones. But in the case of Marquise Blair, you know, this could be it for him this season. That's rough, man. Uh, how about some positive news? We got Jacksonville coming in. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about them? We 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 going to beat them? Yeah, they stink. They stink. They have, good. W- without w- without doubt, one of the worst defenses you can ever see put together. And, and think about the fact that we got Urban Meyer as the head coach, and he has no idea what he's doing. I mean, for example, <laughs> I mean, you look at a team right now that is trying to completely rebuild. Okay, Trevor Lawrence has had a couple good games in the last couple weeks, but it's not really working well with the offense, and they lose a wide receiver for the season. Their offensive line's okay. But when you look at the fact that here's a Jacksonville team that's so bad, so bad, and has been bad for so many years, and they have a draft, and basically all they're getting out of this year's draft is like a fifth-round pick on defense, and that's it. Nobody else is playing. And how can a team be this bad if you're going to be a bad football team and you, you, you draft, there's not a lot of replacements, you're thin totally on defense, and it's like you only got like one player that's doing anything from this year's draft. It's I mean, a totally beatable team. So, you know, at least going into the bye week, they will be three and five. Hey, John, you did mention uh, that the, the passing game, did not come through for the Seahawks. Were there? Do, do you think that um, Gino was put in a position to to make good plays in the passing game? What What do you account for 
the passing game really truly uh, not coming through the way you just spoke of? Well, I, I think it's just from the standpoint that uh, the execution wasn't there. I mean, again, I mean, you know, after about – and, again, it's like, you know, he – What do you mean by execution? Over. The execution wasn't there. Yeah, the execution wasn't there because, again, he scrambled around. Once you got to 2.5 seconds, then everything turned out to be a disaster. You know, it's like, okay, so they got the one great play down the right sidelines to DK Metcalf, but what did they get after that? They couldn't get the ball to uh, TJ Lockett. I mean, they had a couple of nice plays uh, with the tight end, but in the end, it's like, uh, where, where were the completions and all that stuff? They were not there. You know, they did some good things running the football, but you aren't, you're not going to run on the Saints. I mean, here's a team that was very good, one of the best run-stopping teams in football, and they just got two players back from injured reserve, Quam Alexander and you know Marcus Davenport, and that helped them out on defense. And so it's like uh, the, the execution in the passing game just wasn't there. I mean, it's a classic example of not having Russell Wilson at the quarterback position. Because, again, you know, there was enough plays there that they could have won this game, even with Geno Smith not having his best game, you know, just because, again, the two missed field goals by Jason Myers were killers. John, Rashad Penny uh, returned this week and uh, played – you know, pretty significant amount of time. They seems like they they really tried to establish him, especially in the second half. What did you think of his performance, and uh, did you feel like he was a hundred percent healthy? I think he was pretty close to being a hundred percent healthy. It's just that you know, you're not going to run the ball on the Saints. I mean, they stack the run so uh, vividly that it's going to be hard to run against them. I mean, that's been the way the whole season goes. I mean, the only thing that was different in this game as opposed to the first five games for the Saints is the fact that the Seahawks actually had the lead in the first half. You know, for the first five games, the Saints have had the lead for the first five games in the, you know, all the way through the game. So this is the first time they had to come back and uh, trail and do all those different things. But that certainly helps them. But, again, you know, it's like you know, there's no, no, no criticism, I think, of the running game just from the standpoint that uh, you know, there were a couple of nice runs by Alex Collins. You know, Rashad did some good things. But they weren't going to run the ball against this team. John, I wanted to I wanted to ask you this actually in the pregame. I uh, didn't get a chance to uh, trade deadline coming up. Do you foresee the Seahawks yeah. making any moves at all? I can see it. I mean, again, it's like uh, I mean, you can see that uh, there's got to be some kind of a. De- it depends on the injury list between now and Tuesday. You know, as far as defensive tackles, and that has to be studied. You know, over this week and next week, whether L.J. Collier is going to get traded. And, again, if he gets traded, it's going to be for a, a low pick in probably 2013 or 2023. So that could be a possibility. I mean, you have to think they've got to be looking to see if there's anything to do on the offensive line because, you know, they're still getting pretty thin there. They didn't have Damian Lewis today. Brandon Shell gets his ankle re-injured. And so that's got to be a concern. You know, I think that the, the secondary – I mean, the secondary played well today. I mean, it's like as much criticism as Jamal Adams takes, I thought he had a real good game. He had a couple of good pressures on the quarterback. I mean, he made a couple of good plays downfield in pass coverage, you know, knocked the ball away at least twice, but he did well. I mean, uh, you know, DJ Reed has done a good job. Sidney Jones, I thought, had a good game. I mean, they could, did a good job. Now, again, they were facing one of the worst receiving groups, if not the worst receiving group in the National Football League with the, the Saints. But uh, and again, it's like it was so bad that here they get 
know, a guy who got 34 passes last year, Jaquan Smith, and you know, he goes in and he was so bad that you know he was in and out of the lineup. They had to put Kevin White in there, and at one point, you know, he uh, Jameis Winston got so mad at him that uh, he tried to put him in the right position. He didn't go in the right position. And that once they got to the sidelines, they started screaming at each other. Yeah, John, lots to fix for the Seattle Seahawks, man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Matt Hasselbeck was inducted into the Ring of Honor. I will ask the guys about that next in your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Seahawks lose 13-10 to the Saints, dropping to 2-5. and five. But something really cool happened at halftime. Matt Hasselbeck was inducted into the Ring of Honor. Here's a speech. What's up, Seattle? When Mike Holmgren traded for me in 2001, my wife and I came out here and we got the world's best tour of Seattle for my quarterback coach, Jim Zorn. He told us all about the history of the, Se the Seahawks. And that night, my wife and I committed to building on the foundation that was set here by those great players and by those great fans of the kingdom. And together, we did that. We gave everything we had, and you gave everything you had. The 12s, Seattle, the 206, the 253, the 425, the 509. 12s here in America, abroad, Hawaii, Canada, everybody. We did it together. When the New York Giants jumped off sides 11 times in one game, that was you. You did that. When Paul Allen raised that 12 flag for the first time ever at the NFC Championship game, that was the greatest Atmosphere, atmosphere of any football game I've ever been a part of. You set the table for what was going to happen that day. And we did it together. And in, and in Pete Carroll's first year in 2010, we called this play called 17 Power for Marshawn. We blocked it completely wrong, but it didn't matter because Marshawn was a beast. And you were the quake, and that's why it's the beast quake game. Together. Some people might think of this as an individual award. This is not an individual award. You'll see my name up there, but don't just think of me. Think of those teammates that did it with me. I could have never done it without them. Bobby Ingram, Daryl Jackson, Robbie Tobek, Chris Gray, Walt Hutch, Locke, Max Strong, Sean Alexander. Lofa Tatupu, Marcus Trufant, Big Play Babs. The list goes on and on and on. Last thing for me, it was such an honor to wear number eight, to be your quarterback, to, to play here. My wife and I, our family, you guys, we love you, your family. Go Hawks! Thank you, Matt, and thank you to the entire Hasselbeck family. 12s. Let's hear it one more time for Seahawks legend and Ring of Honor member Matt Hasselberg. Hey, hey, Moyer. There's a there's a term that these kids say at practice when we're coaching. They're like, "Turn me up, coach." 
It means they're getting excited. I got turned up a little bit right there, man. He started 206 to 425 to 509 Hawaii, everyone abroad. I did this with you. I mean, like, it got me Do going a little bit. you think I was bit. born in, like, 1910? No, I think you were born you know, in, when like, you're the, looking, in, like, hey, the 60s. My, my guys that I coach, they say this. <laughs> st- but, like, what? you old man, you. Let me bring you to the table. <laughs> Look, first of all, that was a phenomenal speech. That got me yeah. fired up. That yeah. gave me some goosebumps. Other than, truly, I I think they had the, of our era with the Seahawks, the ugliest uniforms sure of, of the group. Um yeah, he was – that was such a special time. There were so many great – I mean, look look at the Hall of Famers. you got two Hall of Famers on there. Maybe, you know, you could argue three, you know, on that team. But, you know, obviously Hutch and Walt for sure, um, you know, really special. And he's such a special man. I, you know, I've said this forever. Ring of honor. And there's so much to that term, honor. And every guy who's up here, we're, we're fortunate we get to look at it. I mean, I, we, we know every guy – or person who's been up here and from left, you know, way over to Steve Largent to the far right over there with this Walter Jones and Matt Hasselbeck. They're, they're just such quality human beings, yeah. not just great players. And so a uh, really, really special night. That was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the way he kind of rattled off the area codes and things, but then I also like just his energy talking about that. It represents the players that he played with. Cause I don't know if you guys, when he was sitting beside me in the pregame, I thought he was going to punch a hole to the table. <laughs> like every time he named a different person, he was like banging on the table, like to make sure that we knew that what he was saying is what he was feeling. And you could feel that energy. So to, for him to say that, you know, that, that his name up there represents all of those dudes and all, that whole team uh, was, was pretty cool. I thought that was the coolest thing about yeah, it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it's really inspiring. And especially when you're able to, you know, share, you know, these moments with teammates, you saw a bunch you know, I was fortunate to be able to, you know, sit in some of the uh, the booths there with Lofa and some of the other guys that he played with. Steve was around, and they're cheering him on, you know, as he's giving his speech and stuff like that and in support of, of Madden and the things that they, they did together, you know, and, and he mentioned that. You know, he mentioned his teammates, and, uh, you know, when you play sports, especially a team sport, uh, that's what it's all about, man. It's the, the opportunity to share these moments. What's your area code, NASA? What's your phone area code? 425. What are you? 425. 425. 425. You're to us. 425. 425. Man, we don't. Well, technically, my phone number is 434, but, you know, I live in the 425. I live in the 425. I live in the 360. I mean, from 509, 360. Yeah, I mean, 207. I mean, he hit on 0253. That was just really cool and made you realize, you know, how small we are as a state, and then he went, you know, far. I mean, because we, the Seahawks radio network, we're in Idaho, we're in Alaska, we're in Oregon, we're in Vancouver, we're obviously the state of Washington. Are we in Montana? Uh, I think we're in Montana. I mean, so that was just really cool how he brought Mm -hmm. all that together. That's that's the best uh, Ring of Honor speech I've heard. I like the way he uh, connected to the the Beastquake run. I connected the the player (laughs) to the crowd to make the Beastquake run. You know, and so that they did it together. I had never thought about it that way, 
but uh, but the way he presented it, that's the way I'll always think about it. I loved it. It was blocked brutal, so, yeah. completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical offensive lineman, right. 80-yard run by Barry Sanders. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I butchered it, but he, oh, he made absolutely. me look good. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's what's so awesome about football, too, is that it's legit a team award. Absolutely. Like in basketball, man, you can dominate a game all by yourself. You get MVP. In football, it's like, look, man, if you don't have these guys working with you and for you, there's no way that you can be consistently successful. And I love that he highlighted probably the greatest O-line in Seahawk history, one of the Definitely, greatest DBs yeah. in Seahawk history with True Fun, one of the greatest running backs. I mean, the era that he played in was extremely special. And you know what? In about 10 years, we'll be talking about your era, too, there. We talk about it now. Yeah, we talk about uh, it now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's, some special yeah, players yeah, there. some special players, too. But I wanted to ask, because you talked about a couple Hall of Famers. Is it Sean Alexander? No, I said you could you could argue. I mean, he certainly had a Hall of Fame year. I mean, that yeah, year, yeah, I mean, yeah. he was the yeah, MVP. The it's not a lot career. of guys who are MVPs yeah. that don't make it to the Hall of Fame. And, right. you know, the, the Super Bowl, and they set all kinds of records that year, rushing, rushing right, touchdowns. Right. Um, I don't know if – I don't think he's going to get in because you, you almost have to win a Super Bowl unless yeah. you're the best at your position. Like yeah. Walter was the best right. at his position. He'd get yeah. in. Hutch – you know, I mean, he completely dominated for a long yeah. period of time. You know, the thing with uh, with with Sean, you know, his first couple of years, he didn't really play that much. He didn't get on the field. And he had a you know two or three phenomenal run, but then didn't do anything after. And yeah. and so much of the Hall of Fame is longevity. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I it, just just hearing Matt. I mean. You know, I, I just know for me, playing the game, I always wanted to be the best that I could be. I wanted to be the best, mm. you know. And, and yeah. so when you have an opportunity to have a great career, especially if you read uh, and, and go through Matt's story of how he, how he overcame so many different things and then to be, you know, to have the success and then to be obviously, uh, you know, in the ring of honor. It's just such a great accomplishment. You know, to me, because they, you know, we're here uh, in the Verizon Lounge on the south side of uh, Lumen Field, and I, Walter was always the last pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I go, and then, who's, I can't see that far. It's, I'm, my headset's getting yanked off me. And they've already got Matt up there. You know, oh, yeah. so. They don't waste no, they no don't waste any time. It's pretty cool. And you got yeah. Paul Allen and Kurt Warner, Pete Gross. Again, if you ever get a chance to just see the, the ring of honor, the pitchers, uh, I, again, I think I know everybody here personally, and it's there, there are just special people. I, other than Paul Allen, you know, that was one I didn't really get a chance to meet. Despite the lost special moment at halftime, Matt Hasselbeck getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. Okay, when we return, we will go through some highlights of tonight's game. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Kyra Radio, 97.3 FM. All right, welcome back to Hawk Talk. You hear the music. It's time to recap this game and what exactly happened. In the first quarter, Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for an 84-yard touchdown, making the score 7-0. to Play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's Metcalf. He could go. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. 84 yards. The defender fell down. And Geno Smith threw a shot to number 14 down the right sidelines. He jumps, makes the catch. Nobody is near him. And he was off to the races like the Olympic sprint trials. He's down. Six. The Seattle Seahawks on top, 6 nothing. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a quick fade, uh, a different type of fade than Russell throws because Russell drops it from the ceiling. Um, and this one, it was it was more of a line drive. And I wouldn't say Latimer fell. <laughs> it, looked like, <laughs> it looked like DK grabbed him and threw him to the ground. It just shows how strong he is. I wanted this highlight because that's a good highlight. That's an 84-yarder. <laughs> we're up 7 nothing. I'm feeling good. I go, okay, we're take, we talked about it. we got to take some shots downfield. And he did it early. He actually had another one. The Tyler Lockett probably should have been caught too. But uh, that was a great play. Got us off to a nice start. Got him off to a nice start in the second quarter. Jordan Brooks breaks up a pass on third and goal, forcing the Saints to a field goal, making the score 7-3. Camaro wide on the left side. Looking inside the ball, is hitting the end zone and knocked down. Jumping up to knock it down is Jordan Brooks. He was about four yards deep as Jameis Winston was looking to throw the ball behind him, and Brooks leaps and slaps it down, and here comes the field goal team on for the Saints. Well, he was four yards deep, and it looked like he was four yards in the air, too. He, he showed, like, some really cool hops, you know, getting up and, and knocking that ball down and uh, really saved, you know, that kind of helped keep the Seahawks in the game because you, you saved four points. That was a 19-play drive, 10-minute yes. drive, and we held him to three points. And he still had the legs to jump that high. Yes. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. tired watching it. <laughs> All right, the Saints are driving right before the half, and Jameis Winston finds Kamara for a 31-yard game. Winston, three-step drop, looks, dumps it over the middle. Kamara on the run. He's crossing the field, down to the 40, down to the 30. And he just literally outran the defender, Ryan Neal, was trying to cover him man-to-man. Everybody else cleared out, and Kamara with a 31-yard game. Yeah, tough to cover this guy on one-on-one. No, no matter if you're a linebacker, DB, he's a tough cover. Uh, gave us, you know, fits all game in the passing game. Great play. Great play. Winston finds Kamara on a 13-yard touchdown, capping off that same drive. Seven plays, 85 yards, making the score 10-7. to Kamara comes out of the backfield right side. Winston drops the ball. He throws the ball. Kamara, who makes the catch, turns up field, being chased wide open into the end zone. Touchdown, Saints. From 13 yards out, not only did Jameis Winston drop the ball, he had to pick it up and still had time to find Kamara in the far flat, pretty much open, and he makes the touchdown reception, and the Saints take the lead 9-7. Yeah, postgame, our defense, some of our defensive players talked about how their communication has been much improved over the last couple games. This was probably one of the rare plays. There was a miscommunication there. Nobody really around Kamara on this play was able to score a touchdown easily. In the third quarter, you're looking for a big play. The Hawks finally get it. Ugo Almighty stress Adam Trotman and Jordan Brooks recovers. To the near side, he's going to throw. Pump fake, left. Now he looks back right. Now he has all day. Now he dumps it underneath to the tight end. Racing up, ball comes out. It's picked up by the Seahawks. Let's see if they're going to get credit for the fumble recovery. They do. Brooks picks it up after the hit by Ugo Amati. Yeah, Amati put his helmet right on the ball. The ball popped out, and uh, and Brooks picked it up. And we, at that moment, I was thinking, now we're going to win the game because mm-hmm. we talked about it in the preseason, I mean in the pregame, that they needed to get some turnovers. And I thought that was going to be the game-defined turnover. Yeah, I thought it was too. The Hawks don't get any yards off of that turnover, but they do kick a field goal, making the score 10-10. Now in the fourth quarter, the Saints get the ball. And on third and nine, Marquise Blair gets a roughing the passer penalty to extend the drive. Later on in that drive, Al Woods jumps off sides, pushing the Saints even deeper into Hawks territory. They kick a field goal, go up 13-10. Geno Smith gets Gets the ball with time to win the ball game for the third time in a row, but he takes three sacks, and the Hawks fall to the Saints 
13 to 10. They are now two and five, guys. Okay, when we return, we will give you our game MVPs. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. This is the time of the show where we pick our game MVPs. Everyone gets a vote. If I have to tie break this thing, I will do that. But we're going to start off with Robert Turbin, Turbin oh, before the game. Who is your key hawk? Now, I know this isn't the key hawk situation, but who was your key hawk? It was Jamal Adams. It was Jamal. John Clayton said Jamal had a, a decent game. But now let's focus to the post game. Game MVP, who you got? Man, gosh, this was a tough one. Game MVP for me, I'm going to just have to go with the obvious DK Metcalf. For a couple reasons. Not only, obviously he had the big play for a touchdown. Fantastic. But he was the tone setter in this football game. Very first play. From the from the jump, he said, it doesn't matter if I get one catch or ten catches, you're going to feel me in this game today. And his presence was definitely felt. So I'm going to go with number 14. 14. DK Metcalf. That dude, 72, Ray Roberts. Man, it's it's tough because I know sometimes when we lose, we don't like to you know always pick an offensive dude, especially if the defense played kind of well. And so I want to pick somebody on defense uh, that played well. Like I can't, <laughs> no one's really jumping off the screen, but I I do know in my own mind I had challenged Puna Ford to make some plays, and tonight I saw him make some plays. I made he made some plays in the running game. Uh, he had a couple pressures. He did a lot of dirty work. And maybe because I watched it more that I saw those types of things. So I'm going to go with Puna Ford. Well, Puna had six tackles and one tackle for loss. So he nice. got busy a little bit. He nice. got busy. Paul Moyer, who you got? Yeah, I mean, look, it was good performance defensively. <clears throat> the wide receivers, I think they only caught three, maybe four passes. Uh, talking about New Orleans uh, on there. They had, uh, Callaway had uh, three, three. And then uh, I want to say Smith had one. But. Uh, <laughs> And they probably would have had zero if we had kind of got some help on a first and 20 or we jumped uh, some short stuff uh, by the inside guys there. Um, I'm going to go with DK Metcalf on this, too. It was our one huge explosive play. He was physical. He got Latimer, he got in his head. He got two personal fouls because of it, which helped us along the way. I think we got four first downs off of penalties, too. Uh, they did as well. So I, DK Metcalf the only thing I can think of right now, and it's – you know, in a game that doesn't have a lot of scoring, uh, it, it makes it tough, when, especially when there's not a lot of sacks or interceptions defensively for, to, to pop in there for an MVP. Yep, even in a loss, DK had the biggest play. I mean, first quarter, second drive, 84 yards, very first play of the game, gets in Lattimore's grill, pushes him in between the whistles, gets Lattimore to get uh, lose his wits about him. So, yeah, I agree with that. I'm not mad at Puna Ford, though, man. I think interior linemen need hey, more love. Hating, Six tackles, one tackle for loss. I appreciate that. Okay, when we return, we will preview the Jacksonville Jags. That's here on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Time to preview next week's opponents, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, freshman. Oh, freshman. He's a rookie. Seven touchdowns, eight interceptions on the year. On paper, this is a better football team than the Seahawks. Got them ranked higher in offense. They are ranked higher on defense. Turbo reminded us you can't sleep on nobody in this league. You got to win this ball game. 
four weeks in a row, I feel like we've said that. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's getting it's getting dicey right now. Yeah, and you, I, lose, you lose the game, you go to two and six. That's tough. Yeah, and people don't like saying that it's a must win, but it's a must win. You're basically in playoff mode right now. Like you have to win every game that you can possibly win to put yourself in an opportunity to, to get to the Super Bowl. And you're talking about still having to play Arizona twice, got to play the Rams again, have to play San Francisco again. You know, is it Green Bay's on the on the on the schedule? At so Green Bay. It's it's gonna it's gonna be some tough sledding, and so this is this is one that you have to get. It's not gonna be easy because they're professionals too. If you listen to the you know Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, Trevor Lawrence is playing better than what his stats are and things like that. So Dudas does have some talent, and and I don't know if he has anyone to throw it to, but they have enough players that they can make plays and win games, especially if you're not playing good football like the Seahawks haven't been playing. You think? Uh... Bevel and Shoddy didn't have this one circled. Oh, they definitely got it. Yeah. You know, we got Shaq Griffin over there. Uh, Miles my, Jack, he's Bellevue kid. I mean, there's some local ties to this area and stuff. Um, you know, they won a game, and sometimes it's all it takes to win a game. You know, all of a sudden you get some confidence. We, we've got to win one. They've, they've got players. I mean, they're, they're not a good football team. I don't care what their statistics are. We're a better football team. We just need to. You know, we just got to make play. I mean, we've been talking about it for the last three hours and, and really go back nine hours from the beginning. We got to make more plays. We cannot, we're putting way too much pressure on every little play. And it helps when all of a sudden you just get an 84 yarder, you create some turnovers, you get the field position battle. Um, and that's what we're going to have to do next week. We're going to have to go and play this like it is a Super Bowl game. And it, even if it's ugly, you know, I, I'll give you a story. 1986, we'd lost four games in a row. We played Philadelphia barely, and they're a lousy team at the time, barely beat them. I mean, it's just, it's ugly, but we got the monkey off our back. And then we go and play Dallas on Thanksgiving. We beat them, and we run the table the last five games of the year. Now we can't be stopped. Our offense is on a roll. I'm telling you, five games before that, they were horrible. There was no confidence on our team. So it only takes a win, and that's why this one's such a big one. And, you know, after that, we get Russell back, hopefully after the bye, and we'll we'll see where the, the cards play from there. Hey, Moyer. Yo. You just turned me up right now. Did I? You just turned me up. I, okay. You. There we let's, go. Let's go, Moyer. Okay. Let's go another hour. Right. Let's go. We, we, let's go to midnight. That's, that's, but he's right. All it, all it takes is a win. It's like if you're a shooter in a basketball game and you're like 0 for 8, you know, and you finally get to the free throw line, you hit a couple free throws, like, whoa. You know, I'm, I can, you know, you see the ball basket, the ball go in the basket, and now you got that feel. You know what I mean? And so this is a great opportunity for our football team. It is not over, I believe. All right. I believe. You believe. I believe. Our fans should believe. And I'm going to tell you this. In order for great things to happen, in order for great things, yeah, I see you pulling out the wallet and everything like that. We could do, we could do whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> Ray doesn't order, get the last comment. Go ahead. If, in order for great things to happen, you have to put in situ, you have to be put in situations to be great. So, in order for you know the Seahawks to have a one of the greatest comebacks ever in the history of the league to make the playoffs, etc. Let's do it. You got to be in position. To be able to do something like that. And guess what? We're kind of in that position right now. This, the, all the percentages <laughs> and the, and the statistics right there, are because I'm getting passionate. <laughs> all the percentages and the, the statistics are 
behind us, right? I mean, they're, well, they're not behind us, right? They're against us right now. <laughs> they're against us in front of us, okay. they're behind us and on the side of us. <laughs> and that's how you can overcome and do great things, all right? So, hey, I Pete and Russell right now, they believe. There's a chance, uh, all right? There's a chance. There's period. a chance. I'm going to tell you all right now. 12's Twitter is going to tear y'all up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> going to tear y'all up. Hey, I'm with you. I hope they get it done, okay? All right, today's final score is Saints 13, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to Hot Talk on 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineers Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks radio network, NASA Chobie. Next week, the Seahawks will take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars on Halloween. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 on the Seahawks radio network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I am Michael Bumpus. Hawks fall to the Saints 13-10. to 10.